When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. How you doing, Dodger fans? Your Los Angeles Dodgers have officially clinched another National League West championship. That's 10 out of 11 years, baby, and 11 consecutive playoff berths. Can't take it for granted if you're a Dodger fan. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are 91-57 and 57 as they just swept the Seattle Mariners who were fighting for their lives, and they're in a tight American League wildcard battle. So the Dodgers are hanging in, hanging in there strong. I'm impressed with how the Dodgers looked against the Mariners. We'll get more into that in a second. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Jake Reiner, what are your thoughts on this National League West championship versus years past? And where does it rank in terms of previous seasons? I think it ranks pretty high in terms of how improbable it was. If you listen to all of the uh, experts at the outset of the season, I mean, this makes me happier than ever. I Looked at this roster, and I didn't think we would be as good as we were last year, but I was looking at around the team, and I'm thinking, we're keeping most of our key relievers. We still have Mookie and Freddie. We still have a pretty dynamic rotation. I didn't foresee all the injuries occurring, but I knew what we had in the pipeline in terms of Pepio and Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone and Emmett Sheehan, and I just thought, huh. I don't think the Padres can really make up all 20 games or so or whatever it was that they fell behind the Dodgers in 2022. So this to me is a surprise that they're this good, but it wasn't a surprise to me that they won the division. I thought they were going to the to win the division, albeit by much a, a much smaller margin than what it actually is. But this team is incredible and Dave Roberts saying that this is the fa- is his most favorite team that he's ever managed. That's though he doesn't you know usually say those things uh, uh, about a team. I mean he's talked 
you know, really well about every other team before, but the fact that these guys play together, there's an unselfish attitude in that clubhouse couldn't be more different than what's going on, you know, down the five freeway in San Diego. And I just couldn't be more proud of these guys. It's been a really fun team to watch all season long. And I just hope that they can keep it going into October. Absolutely. David Rosenthal, how you doing out there? What's new with you? What are your thoughts on the Los Angeles Dodgers and what's on the top of your mind? Well, <clears throat> I'm going to take my L on this one. Uh, I was the only one of the three of us to not pick the Dodgers to win the division. Uh, I picked the Padres. I will own that. And they Dodgers proved me wrong. It's as simple as that. I mean, I knew this team was going to be good, but I didn't think they were going to be able to execute as well as they executed this entire season offensively. Uh, throw out the starting pitching. The starting pitching has been really good, really bad, kind of in the middle, scandal, bad, good, rookie, we don't know, all of this. Throw all that shit out. The offense is what's kept this team alive, afloat, and clinched has been the reason they clinched their their 10th division in 11 years so my hat is off to the dodgers they proved me wrong for sure um congratulations to both of you for staying true to the dodgers and picking them to win the division um <clears throat> i'm impressed uh obviously we'll talk about the playoffs um which is a whole different story you can throw out everything we've just said uh once we get to the playoff analysis but in terms of the regular season they outdid my expectations Last night's celebration was kind of unique versus previous celebrations because Jake was talking about it earlier. There were a lot of new faces, but there were also a lot of veteran faces that have experience. J.D. Martinez and David Peralta, they made the playoffs together in 2017. They were caught together last night celebrating. Jason Hayward is a World Series champion, but this celebration looked pretty special to him as well. One, because he got to reunite with Freddie Freeman. Two, he was enormous presence in the clubhouse all season as a veteran leader. And you can pretty much account him for a lot of the success that James Altman has found this season. Then you got Miguel Rojas, who was with a pretty awful Marlins team for the majority of his season. He made the playoffs in 2020. But other than that, it was nothing but losses out there in Miami. And a lot of players and media attribute Miguel Rojas as a huge veteran leader to this Dodgers clubhouse and amongst the infield. Then you got Kike Hernandez who was acquired around the trade deadline. He got to have another celebration with the Dodgers. Then of course, there's the familiar faces like Clayton Kershaw, who was the first one to have his shirt off Mookie Betts. He's had a lot of success. Freddie Freeman, as I mentioned before, and then you had a collection of the young guys like Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, Gavin Stone, Ryan Pepio and um, of course, Outman all getting to celebrate their first taste of success. Also, anytime I'll you get Clayton Kershaw with a shirt off, you know, you know, we're having a good time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What I was going to say on the, on, uh, you know, kind of on the heels of what Kevin said about these new faces is that they, is that Andrew Friedman and the rest of those guys looked at the squad and said, okay, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are your team leaders. They're going to lead by example. They're going to be in every lineup of every game that matters, and they're going to be your guys. But in terms of vocal leadership, the two of them, not, 
you know, the highest of their priorities. So they went out and got a lot of vocal leaders. Jason Hayward, you know, we talked about at length about what he did with that Cubs team during the rain delay of game seven of the 2016 World Series. You talk about Miguel Rojas, another vocal leader. And guess what? Those are the two guys that spoke at the champagne celebration last night. Those are the two guys that spoke before Dave Roberts, before they popped all the bottles. And that just shows you that this team really is unselfish. There's no ego there. There's no Freddie Freeman or Mookie Betts or even Clayton Kershaw, who's the longest tenure Dodger on this roster. None of them were like, let me have the microphone. This is my team. I want to speak. Kind of what we heard in sort of the breakdown of, of the debacle of the San Diego Padres, where it was kind of just Manny Machado's show. This team doesn't have that. And so that's why you saw Miguel Rojas and Jason Hayward making speeches, because those guys are your vocal leaders and they've got a bunch of hungry, scrappy veterans in this locker room. And that's that's why this team has been as successful as it has been. Yeah, I mean, Hayward's like a paid paid lieutenant, basically. You know, he's not like the supreme allied commanders. You know, he's not Dwight Eisenhower commanding, you know, the, the entire allied forces here. But he's he's down one rung and, you know, they brought him in. To, to to go to the revolutionary war he's 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 the hired gun he's he's the guy we hired from france to train the army at valley forge and i can't believe i forget his name dechambeau is his name i believe jason hayward is admiral dechambeau from the revolutionary war we hired him to train our guys to, to stay focused to whip them into shape and also to hit 15 home runs with your best ops of your career so fuck yeah jason hayward DeChambeau, I believe, is his name. I'm going to look that up in the downtime here. Little history lesson on the incline. That's what you Not got from us. Not as sharp as I usually... Like, I, I wasn't planning on that, and now that I, like, kind of forgot this dude's name is, is very disappointing in myself. Very, very sad. But stay tuned. Hayward absolutely murdered the Mariners this series. In the second game of the series, he went off for three doubles. He flirted with the cycle today. I think he went eight for 14, had a home run uh, Sunday afternoon. In terms of the Dodgers shortlist of guys that they need to resign, I don't oh, think you I can it up. I don't think you can argue against Jason Hayward being let go in free agency. We have a correction, David. Yeah, so I got the I got him confused. It's actually General Baron von Steuben is who I'm referring to. Yeah, not even close to DeChambeau. No, You're thinking so DeChambeau of, was a guy, but not the guy that trained him at Valley Forge, which works for this I believe analogy, I believe so. he's a pro golfer. Yeah, well, that too. <clears throat> okay, well, anyways, we were talking about Jason Hayward, and I said I believe he's on the short list of guys that the Dodgers need to re-sign. I agree. I, I mean, he's he was signed as a minor league contract with no guarantee of making the roster. Then he makes the roster and has had an impact pretty much the entire season, and it's not just about him being a vocal leader. I mean, he's performed on the field pretty damn well and come up clutch in a lot of opportunities. So you got to think that he's played himself into another contract. And I, I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know if it's a must, but it definitely would, wouldn't hurt. I mean, you could pl platoon him and Chris Taylor in left field. No problem. No problem. Yeah. We'll see. Um, because the Dodgers also have, we'll see how much Mookie Betts plays second base next season, because that's been actually the formula is Mookie at second and Hayward in right field. And Hayward has had one of the best defensive run saves in major league baseball in right field. So Huge, huge for the Dodgers to have the versatility defensively. This series was awesome, though. I mean, the Mariners, like I said, are trying to fight for a wild card spot, and the Dodgers just completely demolished them. 
I mean, it, the second game was the best game, in my opinion, where the Dodgers won in 11 innings. We got to see Clayton Kershaw throw after about 10 days off. Overall, looked relatively okay. He went four innings, two hits, two walks, four strikeouts, was topping out at 89 miles per hour. But I think who impressed me the most and has made an enormous case now to be part of the Dodgers postseason plans, the young rookie Emmett Sheehan, who just threw nothing but gas, three innings, one hit, five strikeouts, including four strikeouts in a row, threw 97 mile per hour heaters past Julio Rodriguez, absolutely owned his ass. And so I think you got to look at Emmett Sheehan now and you can find a way to piggyback him in October. I don't think you can really argue against keeping him off at this point. I mean, he just adds another element to this pitching staff. You have Yarbrough as sort of the the long man or the de facto starter. To, you know, you kind of use him in, in many different ways. And it looks like if Emmett Sheehan is continuing to pitch the way he's been pitching, you could use him too for that. And they actually, uh, during the celebration last night, he they had an interview with David Vasse and Emmett Sheehan says he's used to this kind of role. And so obviously he's a rookie. He's going to buy in. He's going to do whatever he can to uh, be a, a contributing factor on this team. So if he makes the postseason roster, then I mean, you, you got to love that insurance policy coming out of the pen, especially when you consider how how many question marks this rotation has. I think my favorite so, moment. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kev. OK, so. I think my favorite moment from last night's game, though, occurred in the later innings where Alex Vessia got into a little bit of trouble. I think it was first and second. He might have gotten one out. So they just brought in Ryan Brazier against the heart of the Mariners order. And I mean, the case that Ryan Brazier has made for maybe comeback player of the year, if that's even possible in the National League midseason, this guy is out there as if his entire family was murdered. His house was burned down like John Wick has literally nothing left in his life to play for, but is on a mission for redemption because every time they throw Ryan Brazier out there, it doesn't matter the escalation. He gets the job done. He absolutely murdered with a plastic fork Julio Rodriguez at the plate with runners in scoring position. I mean, it's remarkable what kind of high leverage guy Brazier has been. So I said this about him on this podcast, but I am scared for him in the playoffs. I just get the that something's going to go wrong with him in the playoffs, and I hope I'm going to eat my words on that. But he he's been too good. Like he, when has he ever made a mistake for the Dodgers? He hasn't. Some that doesn't happen for relievers ever. So I'm hoping before the end of this season, he like shits his pants maybe once or twice in the regular season, grand slam here or there, three doubles in a row. Get that out of the way because some some kind of regression to the mean is coming. And it worries me that we've gotten to the playoffs and it just hasn't yet with him. So I'm hoping he can ride that shit into next season, but keeping my fingers crossed. But what I wanted to say on Sheehan before is I think the pitching staff they have right now is the playoff roster. I I think it's going to be, you're going to see Kershaw, Bobby Miller, Lance Lynn, Pepio as the de facto starters. And then you're going to have Sheehan and Yarbrough in the bullpen. That's six total. And then you have seven more if we're going with 13 pitchers. So Evan Phillips, Brazier, Ferguson, Bruzdar, Shelby Miller, Vessia, and Kelly. Like, I don't I don't see Almonte coming back right now. And I'm not sure who else is really making a case right now in terms of, I, I don't see, I think that's the roster. The Dodgers give him another chance. I'm putting Kyle Hurt over Alex Vessia any day. 
if they give him a chance, sure, but they're going to want the lefty. They have two. Alex well, Yarbrough, Yarbrough is going to be used sparingly, so that's not really a – I don't really count that. I would say Ryan Yarbrough of the lefties will probably be used the most in terms of innings. Alex Vesey has just been too inconsistent. I don't really trust him in the playoffs. You can't throw him in high leverage because he doesn't get the job done. In my opinion, I mean, I, you can you can make the same argument for Ferguson, too. I mean, there have been some yeah. horrendous Caleb Ferguson outings this year. Mm-hmm. So no, not me, as bad as Vessia, though. I mean, Sorry. sure, Sorry sure. But no, no, I'm no, I, I, I agree. Not as bad as Alex Vessia, but still pretty bad. Uh, so I don't know if I want to ride without a second lefty in the pen, especially, you know, to 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 face some of the the, the deadliest lefties in the National League. And then in the American League, if they make the World Series, so I know they're they're going to go with Caleb Ferguson. He is the you know the high leverage guy over Alex Vesia, no question about it. But it doesn't make me feel any better. I think it's just going to come down to who the Dodgers face in the NLDS. That'll. I'm not really talking about the NLCS and World Series right now. So when I'm talking playoff roster, I'm just thinking of NLDS opponents because I don't want to look ahead too far. Um, so the Arizona Diamondbacks could obviously be a team we face, but they're pretty right-handed heavy. So I think we would be okay without three lefties in the bullpen. Uh, if it's the Cincinnati Reds, again, they're also pretty right-handed heavy. So same story. Miami Marlins, though, they have a number of lefties with, I'm thinking, Luis Arias at the top. So maybe that's where it makes sense to bring in an Alex Vesia because I feel like that's a pretty good matchup. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think Alex Vesia, he would make it if the postseason started tomorrow, but he's the last guy on the bench right now. And if someone else can make a case in these next two weeks, because we still have two weeks, wouldn't be surprised if they swap him out. What is the deal with Kyle Hurt? Why? Why is yeah, I think Vesia cool? and Kelly are the two are the two. Yeah. What what is the deal with Kyle Hurt? Why? Why isn't he been given more more of an opportunity here and why? have they sort of come out and said that he's not going to be a factor for the postseason roster? I don't know why they would make that declaration already. We actually don't have an answer. It's pretty odd. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I said it a few days ago. It's the same thing with James Altman where they just wrote off an awesome rookie and they didn't really give us a further explanation. No reason for Joey Gallo to have been on that October roster over a healthy James Altman. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd need to see more. 
crying. I mean, one outing is good, but I, I need some consistency before I'm going to throw you into the postseason. Bullpen. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's kind of the point. It's like, why why wouldn't you give him a little more uh, of an audition? To me, it's well, like... I, I get, I kind of get why, because Shelby Miller and Joe Kelly are both coming back from injury. So you want them to get back into the thick of things and, and throw innings and, and pitch every other day and, and get a routine before the playoffs. So, I mean, I get it if you're looking to get guys rest, but I mean, it's not really a spot for them right now because of the starting pitching situation. They need to keep getting these guys in to, to throw, to start. And that's kind of cost them basically a bullpen spot. I mean, the Kyle, one guy that Kyle heard over Gavin stone easily today, I was just going to say the one guy that they could, that, that is expendable is Gavin stone. Well, that's I'm saying on a playoff roster, absolutely. But right now, for for the utility that they need this player to perform, Gavin Stone is more valuable because Gavin Stone can possibly pitch five innings, where obviously Kyle Hurt can. But if they're trying to get him in a bullpen role, they're not going to be doing that. So that's that's my point with the starting pitching is going to the six man rotation, getting his uh, uh, injuries and, and scandals and all this shit has affected them to the point where we have to carry basically six starters and it's preventing Kyle hurt from getting a chance in the bullpen. Yarbrough was the bulk man today. Again, Gavin stone, extremely expendable. I honestly just don't get the decision. Maybe we probably won't get an answer, but maybe the Dodgers can give us further clarification, but I like Kyle hurt right now in the short term over Gavin stone because we know Gavin Stone is going to be nowhere near this October roster. He's just been too flat out inconsistent. I think the only case now is for the last position player on the batting side of things. Is there any chance Colton Wong gets a spot over Ahmed Rosario? Yes, there is a chance because it's the Dodgers and Dave Roberts. I don't think there is a chance. I I, I think that Ahmed Rosario, they like him too much against left-handed pitching. And that's the clear advantage he has over Colton Wong, who's strictly a left-handed hitter. But I've loved what I've seen so far from Colton Wong. Just really good professional at-bats late in games. Um, he you know knocked in the go-ahead run last night, and the Mariners ended up tying it. But he you know, knocked in that run. He knocked in a key run today. Um, I just love his, you know, uh, his veteran presence, his postseason experience, and and all of that is great. But I, I don't know that they're going to put him up over Rosario. I think Rosario is yeah. kind of a kind of a lock at this point. Yeah, it's tough because even if they get the Brewers, who are pretty right-handed heavy with the rotation. Odds are they'll start Wade Miley one of those games. And then if you had Rosario off the roster, well, then there's a key bat you just lost. Yeah, I mean, you asked the question, would it is it is there a chance? And I said, absolutely. But I don't think it's likely. Uh, I mean, I think he's just the guy there just to have, you know, in reserve in case. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, David's point with most of the bullpen, those would be the same guys I list off other than, yeah, Vessi is the last man out. Rolo H88, the only question for today. How do you see the matchups versus the Dodgers in the NLDS off the current standings? Well, right now it'd be Arizona. Phillies. We won't get the Phillies, I don't think. But Arizona. Oh, yeah. Giants. Cubs, potentially. Marlins. And the Brewers, those are the key five, I think, of the teams possible that the Dodgers could face in the NLDS. 
Um, so Brewers, got... I think we should go off Brewers because I think that's a likely opponent where that's just a, a certainty in the matchup, whereas the others, there's four of them. So I think that'd be too hard to do. I think that's fair. Yeah. Assu- you know, assuming the Brewers advance. Yeah. Yeah. But we know that they're going to be playing to play the Dodgers. We don't know who their opponent's going to be. Right. The Dodgers face the Brewers on paper. I mean, I absolutely love us. The toughest matchup would be Corbin Burns. But what's nice about there being a wild card round is that Corbin Burns wouldn't be available until game two at the earliest. And so more likely than not, the Dodgers would get to face the Brewers game four starter, which I think would be Wade Miley, unless they sweep, then it's probably Peralta. So you're looking at Miley or Peralta in game one, and then probably Corbin Burns in a game two, and then Brandon Woodruff in a game three. Uh, So for the Dodgers, I think pitching wise, this would be a dream matchup, especially with how inconsistent the rotation has been with injuries Clayton Kershaw we don't know fully what he looks like but this is a good test for him to see if he's able to handle some playoff competition if the shoulder can hang up but yeah versus years past I would be perfectly comfortable with pretty much any of these opponents in the NLDS there's no sleeper team like the Padres that I think would knock the Dodgers out Padres only six game back by the way they're I, done. They're not dead. There's too many teams. Um, I think I think matchup wise, I mean the Dodgers handled the Brewers when they played them last, but the Brewers have have kind of you know heated up a little bit as of late. They won seven of the last ten games, and their rotation on paper is better than the Dodgers. So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough matchup in terms of scoring runs because they've got really good starting pitching and then you know Devin Williams at the back end of that bullpen is is really lethal so the, the runs are going to come at a premium but where i think the dodgers have the advantage is that they have the better offense and i'm not too impressed with the, with the brewers lineup uh what when you look at it and you match it up so i i think the dodgers can can handle this team but it but it is about getting to these starters early if they do face the brewers they they've got to when they have these guys on the ropes finish them because once they settle in it's kind of it's kind of game over so it's kind of pick your poison here i i think i think it's a horrendous horrendous matchup offensively uh facing Woodruff Burns and Peralta in one series is brutal factor that with Devin Williams and the rest of their setup guys who are they got two or three of them who could have been all-stars that's a nightmare but on the flip side their offense is equally as bad so it's going to be easier on our starting pitching which is put together by scotch tape right now but more difficult for the offense and since the offense has been the stronger uh field for the Dodgers all year you kind of have to give them the, the tougher test. So I do think it's a solid NLDS matchup for the Dodgers. However, the dream scenario is the other team that's playing the Brewers, be it the Cubs or the Diamondbacks or the Marlins, somehow knocks them out, uses all their good pitchers, and then you get to face that team in the NLDS. So that is the, that's the dream scenario right there. The Marlins, I think, have, have played us the toughest out of any they of have, teams. But it's regular season, which is they're not used to the postseason. So that there is a big difference in how you handle the postseason and, and experience is going to matter at some point. They probably don't have Alcantara either, which would be a huge, yeah. blow. of all the teams, give me the diamondbacks. 
I think they'd be the easiest opponent. But back to the yep. Brewers. I'm giving the ball to Bobby Miller, game one. It's just it's just a wrap at this point. He is the ace, quote unquote, based off this season for the Dodgers, health wise. Faced the Brewers not too long ago, retired them 18 in a row. Bobby Miller, game one, probably Clayton Kershaw, game two. And based off his success against them throughout his career, you can give the ball to Lance Lynn in game three, barring any future blowups down the stretch. Big Haas on to close it out. Hopefully. Just sweep him. Don't even make it a series. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with I'm good with Miller. I'm good with Miller game one. I mean, there's just a lack of options, and Kershaw's obviously not healthy. Uh, although how how what does it say about him that he's able to still grind and throw four scoreless innings with no velocity or real command of anything so throw an 88 up there yeah so but again that that can work in the playoffs if he can do that in the playoffs you throw she in or yarbrough after him for three innings and that's a start and that can work that's the modern baseball today that's just how some of these baseball games go uh i mean you show this to someone who's 70 years old and they're you know crying and complaining and yelling at the clouds but you know, starters aren't necessarily going seven, eight innings anymore. So why not just combine seven for two guys? It, it, they they can get this done if they hit. Absolutely. James Outman, man, what a great series also against Seattle. He's up to 21 home runs. I was looking back how you compare James Outman's current rookie season versus some of those Dodgers back in the 90s during the steroid era where they won back-to-back-to-back Rookie of the Years. James Altman absolutely smashed Todd Hollinsworth. I don't even know how he won Rookie of the Year. They must have just had a bad cream of rookies. I mean, he had 12 home runs like and 50-something RBIs. Like, How does that even win Rookie of the Year? Raul Mondesi had, I think, 20 home runs. And then Eric Karros had, I think, in the high teens. But James Altman smashes them all. Unfortunately, there's just a couple better rookies than him right now. But my point is, I think James Altman is sixth for Los Angeles Dodgers rookies in a season for home runs. Impressive campaign. Excited to see what he does in the postseason. This is one of my few X factors that I think could be a make or break for the Dodgers in the NLDS and moving forward. Yeah, he's not going to win rookie of the year, but he's going to finish top five. And he had a hell of a season. And I, I think the thing that's most commendable about him to me is after he started off the hottest player in baseball in April, he completely fell off to one of the worst, but he made the adjustment and he made the adjustment in season. He shortened his swing. He tightened it up. And now he's a solid 260, 270 hitter who can hit a home run at any given notice and play gold glove defense. So he didn't try to be a superhero. He didn't try to be Cody Bellinger MVP 2019. He just tried to be himself and turns out he's a pretty damn good baseball player. So hats off to him for making the adjustment in season, which is not an easy thing to do at all, let alone in the middle of a season. Also hats off to the Dodgers for sticking with him because they didn't have to do that. I mean, he had options that could have sent him down. You know, they often do that a little reset in the minor leagues or, you know, they send uh, you know, Miguel Vargas down and we never hear from him ever again. So the, the fact that the Dodgers stuck with Outman and he was able to make those adjustments and not only did he shorten his swing, but he also just 
was so much more selective. I mean, he is his at bat quality in the second half has been out of this world, uh, taking walks when he needs to an O2 count doesn't phase him. He's able to work it back uh, and, and still stay in the at bat. Um, and like you mentioned, David, the gold glove defense, I, I think that was one of the things we were thinking we were losing with, with Cody Bellinger it was like, well, he can't really hit anymore, but you know, the, the glove is, is definitely something we're worried about. And, and Outman has come in there and been just as good, uh, you know, so I, I, I feel like, you know, he's got that veteran look to him already as a rookie, but what an incredible rookie campaign. Hey, Jake, should the Dodgers flip J.D. Martinez and Will Smith in the order? 100%. Um, I, I I said that on Twitter the other night. It's not nothing against Will Smith. I think he's a great ball player, um, but it's just the awareness in, in the at-bats that uh, in big spots that I trust J.D. Martinez over Will Smith. And you factor in the, uh, the key point that Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman get on base all the time. They're always on base. And so when you've got guys in scoring position and you need a fly ball or you need a guy to hit the ball the other way to move a runner over or to shoot one through the right side, that's J.D. Martinez. Uh, he's been there before. He's done it all season long. And I and I would want to put the pressure on him. I think that Will Smith, um, his swing gets a little too big in these moments where you, where you need a fly ball and he can't make contact with the baseball. And it's very frustrating because you, you, you want to be able to pass the baton in those moments. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I think that Will Smith is going to bat third in the put in the playoffs. And that's just the way it's going to be because this is the lineup that got you here. But if I'm looking at this team and I want to reorder something, that's something I would do. And if they were thinking about doing that, I would do that now. I think Martinez needs to hit third and it is, it is against, it is something against Will Smith. He hasn't performed as well as I'd like him to in the three hole. And JD Martinez has performed way better overall in the season. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And like you said, Freddie and Mookie are getting on base like crazy. I'd rather have, who would you rather have up JD Martinez or Will Smith first and second, nobody out ninth inning playoff do or die game. Yeah. It's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Because both because both of them can hit into a double play, but I, I feel like JD Martinez is less likely to do that too. And just I, I'd rather have him up to try to win the game. I mean, Will Smith, don't get me wrong, is a, is an all star catcher. He's a top three catcher in baseball by anyone's measurement. But I I like him more in the four or five, and I think that just because JD Martinez has been that good this year. But it is an indictment of Smith. Like I'm not going to beat around the bush. I mean, Martinez has been better. He has been. You know, my guy would always be J.D. Martinez. But Will Smith is one tough mother effer because it came out just a few days ago. He was playing with broken ribs for months. Who? (laughs) How does that get lost? Like, what is up with the Dodgers injuries reports this season? How do you just not disclose the fact that, oh, yeah, Will Smith's been playing with a broken rib for two months. Yeah, Tony Gosselin, we let him out there with a torn UCL. We just had to let him die because we didn't have any other pitchers. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw, his shoulder issue is not that serious. We're going to push him back. But don't worry, Clayton Kershaw's fine. The velocity, don't be worried about that. What is this Ponzi scheme? Why are they playing us like we're idiots? Dodger fans are just as smart as anyone else in terms of what this medical is hiding medical staffs hiding from us. They got to stop treating us with this condescending attitude because I'm getting sick of it. 
Well, yeah. a lot of it could be player player choice also. You know, it's it's at the end of the day, it's you know, the player has the has the right to disclose what's going on with his own body. So I think that is a factor. And there's no advantage of telling the public about what's actually happening. But there could be a competitive competitive advantage on not doing so. So that's just the way the Andrew Friedman Dodgers have always worked with injuries and, and disclosures and stuff. And Dave Roberts is the best at being a pawn for that scheme because he, anytime he talks about an injury, it's you might as well just not listen at all because it's completely wrong information deliberately. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, it's well, you know, there's no the, advantage of telling us in the so. NFL, you have to disclose injuries for betting purposes. I'm not sure what it is with baseball, but if you're saying it's a, my body, my choice type of thing. Yeah. I am. And then interesting interesting stuff by the Dodgers although I don't know if he's trying to hide it because why would he say it after the fact because now it's like he he I don't know I mean I, I I understand like the not wanting to be like made excuses for part of it like he didn't want his if he was playing poorly for everyone to be like oh well his ribs his ribs are hurt you know a lot of people don't want that they just want to be able to perform regardless all the more reason that JD Martinez should be hitting third I mean yeah, yeah okay I think you his know? ribs are fine. Right. But this is what this injury was actually in the first half when Will Smith was an all-star. That's what's even more interesting about it. The second half, he's been healthy and kind of has teetered off, maybe more due to fatigue. I just think it's interesting how I just think it's interesting how this whole like these late injury disclosed things have been a theme this season versus years past. It was more like a guy would get hurt. They'd say he'll be back in a few days. And then he'll be out three months. It's the opposite this season. I just kind of found that interesting. But um, moving forward, you know, Dodgers got the Detroit Tigers up next on the schedule. No one gives a shit about the Tigers. But the first pitcher in that series is Eduardo Rodriguez coming to Dodgers Stadium. I hope hope the Dodger fans let him hear it. I hope they light his ass up, show him what he's missing out, because that is loser mentality to want to stick in Detroit. I mean, to my knowledge, the last time he was on the mound, he gave up that three-run home run to Puig in the World Series and threw his glove down. I can't. I don't believe he's been back to Dodger Stadium since then. I don't think so, yeah. So I don't think he likes this place very much anyway. Well, I hope the Dodgers fans are, are all aware of who's pitching and what the circumstances are, because if they are... and Dodgers I don't, I don't fans- think they're going to be aware, bro. I don't think they're going to give a shit. Well, I'm just saying if they are, and I, and I think that there's, most dogs. Okay. Most, let me put it this way. There's no way he gets booed. No way. No way. There's no way that whole stadium boos him. They, they booed Lourdes Gurriel thinking he was Yuli Gurriel. He <laughs> yes, might get, but he might get booed. No, no, no. That's Astros is a different situation. They will boo Astros until they retire. But, but this situation but the wrong, but the wrong guy. That doesn't matter. If you're close enough to an Astro, you're getting booed. <laughs> but in this situation, there is, I will bet you whatever you want. There is no way that whole stadium boos this guy. I would be shocked. Sh- shocked. Well, I, well, I hope that most Dodgers fans listen to this podcast and recognize what, what, what's going on in this game, because uh, the, the, it's just, it's the whole thing is stupid. It scattered, mean- scattered booze at most. Okay, fine. You but won't the, hear but, it. They're going to boom during the lineup introduction. I don't know. 
We'll have to get boots on the ground. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you're going to Eduardo Rodriguez, start. What? When is it? Tomorrow. Monday. Tomorrow. If you're going Monday, please tweet at us if he gets booed or not. Yes, please. But the whole the whole the whole situation was just ridiculous. I mean, the fact that he didn't want to come to a contender, the fact that he gave the excuse that it was a family matter and he wanted to stay close to his family, which makes no sense because it's like it's only like a couple months away. Apparently playing in the midst of a divorce or fighting for not a divorce. So what do you want? What do you want? What do you you want to make? What do you want to make the? I hope he gets divorced. Get divorced. (laughs) Jesus. What? I hope you're single for life. (laughs) Wasn't it about money? I read it was about money. I read he wanted his one year. His excuse. Well, his excuse was he was in the midst of either preventing a divorce or on the verge of a divorce and needs to be out there, which I don't really buy because what, first of all, he lives, his family lives in the Caribbean or whatever, or South uh, yeah, Caribbean, I guess Detroit's nowhere near that. Second of all, Short who flight. gives a shit? You can wait a couple months being in Los Angeles. It's temporary. So I, I just, I think he's a loser and you can support the Dodgers and go to that game and let us know what happens by using tick pick just a few games games left at Dodger Stadium to conclude the season playoffs are around the corner i know those tickets are going on sale pretty soon no service fees at checkout all you need to do is download the tick pick app search dodgers that's one sporting event you can do but also tick picks got you covered for nfl just had an exciting week 2 of the nfl chargers suck they're 0 and 2 rams lost a heartbreaker to the 49ers but yeah, TickPick, they got you covered for sporting events and concerts. So download the app, check them out. And I just want to add too he, about- I think he's about... Venezuelan, by the way. Not, Kurt, not I don't think he's from Curacao. I think he's from Venezuela. Edward which is Carter. even farther from Detroit. Then there you go. I just want to say quickly about TickPick that I've used TickPick the last two times I've gone to Dodger Stadium and I've gotten great deals on field level seats. So there are great deals out there and the no fees thing is really great. So definitely, definitely would recommend TickPick, not just because they're our sponsor, but because they actually give you a great deal. What you see is what you get. Exactly. When you're here, you're family. This is my last question for you guys. Who's winning NL manager of the year? I guarantee it. Oh, uh, probably the snicker. Brian Snicker. Did you I ask who I think should get it or who I think is going to get it? I think it should be Dave. Who you think's going to get it? Yeah, I think Snicker probably. I think it should be Dave Roberts. That's who I think it should be. They always I mean, give it to like the charity case though, who like rose like, like a shitty team came into the playoffs though. Do we got any of those this year? Yeah, that's the thing. There aren't any of those this season. I mean, Council skip, won't get it. Skip Schumacher. Phillies, Phillies guy might get it. Eh. David Ross. Rob Thompson. David Ross, Skip Schumacher. Yeah, those are the options, really. But I think it should be Dave Roberts. I, I think given the 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 roster, the expectations, uh, the injuries, I mean, Jesus Christ. We have you taken you know, we we've gone over all the injuries to the starting rotation. It is a an all-star team of starting pitching. First team is, all hospital. Right. First team all IL. It is is what the Dodgers have had this year, and and they've literally blown the doors off the division. So, I think it should be Dave Roberts. It probably won't be, but he's done one hell of a job this year. 
I think, yeah, Snicker and Roberts will be the one, too. I don't know which is going to be which, but they'll probably give it to Snicker just because the Braves' dominance, and they will adore the Atlanta Braves anytime they get. Ronald Acuna Jr. is probably going to win the National but League look MVP. At that, look at that team. I mean, you you, you could put a, a two-by-four in charge of that team, and they'd still win the division. I mean, but it, what's interesting with that Braves team is they're not – they're loaded in terms of raw talent, but they didn't buy that team. That's just a lot of homegrown guys. No, they just ass. held the Oakland A's hostage. So at gunpoint. But, but, but what does that have to do with Brian Snitker? I don't know if that Atlanta Braves team would be as dominant if they were had the, the wrong leader under command. Like Matt Olson had an all-time season. I don't think he'd ever have that with the Oakland athletics, Ron Acuna jr. I don't know if he would be that aggressive with the stolen bases. If he was in the wrong organization, Austin Riley is having one of his best seasons ever. So I guess my point is, I think these are great players, but I don't, I don't think if they were in the wrong, if they're in the wrong situation, I don't think they'd be performing at the ceilings right now. So, so what you're saying is if Bob Melvin got his hands on exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I see that argument, I guess. So they've both won the award once before. Yes. Dave and Snit. Yep. Probably Snit, I guess. When did Roberts win it? 2016? 2016. His rookie, his rookie year. Yeah. Snit won it in 2018. Don Mattingly freaking won in 2020. The worst winner hands down. Yeah. Yeah, that's that kind of took the 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 allure of the award out of it for me. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's like when Hitler was time person of the year. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Don Mattingly. Since to then hit. it's like I care who gets awarded that. I was I yeah, was no, wait, I mean I, there's He was Dodgers Hitler for me. He was he was Hitler for me as a Dodgers manager. I was waiting for the Don Mattingly to Hitler comparison in this podcast and yeah. I, I'm glad we finally got there. No, he was he was a terrorist, an actual terrorist. Probably the worst of them all. I don't I don't think he was the worst. worst. Dodgers manager, hands down the worst since we've been alive for sure. He was pretty terrible. I mean, Jim Tracy was awful too, but Don Mattingly was worse. Jim Tracy he didn't have much to work with. Sucked in the playoffs. Joe Torrey was like present day Joe Biden as our manager, like just not there. Joe Too Torrey old. was awesome. I mean, once no. we got, once we got Manny, that's when it turned around. Yeah. You look at those rosters that they handed Joe Torrey. It's amazing. They got to the NLCS. If they had an ACE, if they had Clayton Kershaw in his peak years, they'd probably mm-hmm. have gone back to back. And that's all yep. they were missing because the asshole, maybe the real Hitler, Frank McCourt, vetoed all these badass trades that Coletti had in store like CC Sabathia and a couple years I think prior, Cliff Lee too right Cliff Lee he didn't oh, want to pay loved him. Cliff Lee in his prime oh four didn't want to approve the Randy Johnson trade under the previous regime screwed us absolutely screwed us so yeah Don Mattingly sucks and shouldn't have never won the manager of the year award all right. Um, Jake or David, any uh, other things you want to cover real quick? Yeah, I just want to bring up one thing because I know we love talking about uh, uh, Ben Verlander. Oh, um, yes. Is it his playoff thing? Uh, well, no, you can talk about the playoff thing, but I okay. was going I was going to bring up a receipt 
Um, he tweeted this in December of last year. Uh, so this was after the Dodgers got knocked out by the Padres and then the offseason began. So he he tweets Dodgers fans are having quite the awkward offseason. First, they lose to the Padres in the playoffs. Then the Padres go out and get a better lineup. Then their rival Giants get their least favorite player in the league, which at the time was Carlos Correa when they had him for a minute. Or yeah, that was that was the Carlos. Yeah, they had him for a minute, too. Um, Who they all and then he goes uh, their least favorite player in the league, who they also kind of wanted on their team, though, talking about Correa. He goes tough Um, once again, Ben Verlander not knowing ball uh, egg on his face. A lot of these receipts are great uh, because that nobody gave the Dodgers a shot in hell to win the division, even though it was their division to take away from them. Um, just, uh, just, just garbage, just garbage stuff from him. Yeah. While we're on the topic, a lot of you have seen his predictions and stuff. A lot of it's he'll do the playoff bracket once it's out and, and predict it two years in a row, two years ago, every single matchup wrong, every single one last year, he got one NLDS or ALDS, right? The rest all wrong this year, a little bit different. His, I'm just going to talk about his preseason predictions, division winners, Mets, Cardinals, Padres. Nope. 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 <laughs> AL Blue Jays, White Sox, Astros. Probably not all around. Probably not all around. So again, this is someone who's just paid to do nothing, to just be awful. That's it. That's Ben Verlander. He's just paid to just do nothing correctly. He's had a pretty bad season. I called him out on that tweet Jake, rough go of it for ben but <laughs> but not not the roughest he probably won't even finish in the top four for biggest 80 of the year molly knight is in the top three this year no i have some no i have some doozies from her julio dude. arias is going to probably be the runaway winner that, i don't count that the padres scoreboard operator will That's probably bad. be a, <laughs> a top one and then the other one could be Artie moreno for really just yeah. fucking everything up well, yeah. what about what about Juan Soto saying that they should be afraid of us? I'm okay with that because what do you want him to say? Yeah, not that. In the I'm grand okay in the grand scheme of things, that's almost on brand with just Dave Roberts guaranteeing a World yeah, Series. Exactly. Oh, when he did that, I knew we were fucked. I knew it. I just knew it. <laughs> it's Idiot, it's it's bad karma. I hated it when he did it in 2020. Oh. Remember he did it at the did beginning it? of the season. Remember 2020, though, after we won? I think it was after we beat the Braves. Yeah. Like, this is our year. Well, this that, year. that was. I hated that. that. And then no, game four a, happened was in a good the World one. Series. Hated that. Yeah, that was a good one because they came back from 3-1. I don't know what else you want him to say. I was I was fired up. I know, but I was but like, the, dude, but don't the, jinx us. The last year, <laughs> last year's is the worst. That was an all-time jinx. Before the season began. Yeah. Ugh. And then I mean they won a, won He's eleven games. They dominated uh, and choked. But yeah, like I said, I think Urias is going to be the runaway number seven. They removed him from the commercials too, where they do that ad of like the greatest. You know, they do that ad to go to a Dodger game. They like run down like four great achievements with like Kofax no hitter or perfect game, uh, Gibson, Gibson home run. Now it's just October twenty seventh, twenty twenty. It's like they show a blank field and then they do a hard cut to just Clayton Kershaw running out. And with the, the Dodgers won the World Series. Yeah, I uh, I, I entered the park the other day. I um, uh, through the Lowe's section, uh, I believe it was like uh, right field. 
And I saw the mural that once had Julio Reyes a part of it, uh, the 2020 championship. And it just had this ugly white tarp over it. And I'm just like, come on, like, what are we, what are we doing? Like just have someone paint over it or something in that time period. But I, but I think they did do something like that, but in a different part of the park. Right. Kevin. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just God, that moment, that moment for me was, will always, I will always remember that moment as a, as a, as a moment of elation and just release of, uh, of something that I had never seen uh, as a, as a Dodgers fan uh, alive, uh, them winning a world series, but it's just so shitty that, you know, they're, they basically want to erase that moment from, from history. It, it, and and I understand why, uh, obviously completely, but it's just, it's just sad. <laughs> Yeah, he he bungled it. He fucked up. There's no other way to put it. He he made his own bed and now he's got to sleep in it. See his ass out in Tijuana. Julio Arias will be serving me Taco Bell in two years. Screw that Jesus guy. Jesus Christ. He's made enough money, bro. He's he's gonna be fine. He's just not gonna pitch in Major League Baseball. We'll see what happens with the lawsuits if those start to trickle out. Could be broken a minute. Lost out on two hundred million dollars, probably. Nice job, asshole. I do, I do think though, like over time, that member that moment is not going to be erased from Dodger history. Like it's just not. Like you're just not going to erase a moment of winning a World Series. Like I just don't see that ever happening. It's the in the in the in the near term, sure. One, two, three years, sure. But you know when we're old. That that clip will be playing. Like depends, at the stadium. It just depends how this really shapes up for Arias. Yeah, if of it, course. If it's ugly, they won't ever show it again from the Dodgers. Well, broadcast. if he's proven innocent. If he's you know, proven if innocent. This, if yeah. this goes to court. I, I mean, USC is displaying OJ Simpson's jersey in their Coliseum. They have OJ Simpson's Heisman Trophy in their hall. Yeah, we not, all know he did it. That's not at all the same, though. Well, I mean, he was proven innocent, so they're showing his shit. Right. I'm sa- I'm saying Urias, though. I don't. We don't know yet. Wasn't I'm, proven innocent. Not Just yet. Proven not guilty. I'm saying he could be. True. Thank you. Sorry. You're very. You're very right about that. <laughs> we live in different times now. But yeah, until we know the facts. In I the mean, short if he term, murdered someone, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be saying this, but. I think if the courts go his way, I don't think this moment will be erased. Well, it from also it also depends on how he handles it too. I mean, in terms of what he's, you know, what, what his actions are following this moment too. I mean, what he's, what are his options? Just be quiet, right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like if we, if if he kind of just buries it and and doesn't do anything like that again and, and but kind of... yeah it's it is really sad because you know that's that's the that's the kind of guy that like you look forward to like seeing who when he's old at the stadium you know when like sandy koufax comes back for these like ceremonies and shit and you're like excited about it yeah Arias I mean, was kind of that guy obviously with the Kershaw. whole the whole storyline of him being like another fernando valenzuela i mean that's yeah. gone yep he can't say anything yet because they haven't gone to court but when this is all said and done, he owes a lot of people apologies, and he better issue out the most sincere, longest apology to all the Dodger fans out there. Otherwise, he's done one way or another. But it starts after the court 
with an apology. Yeah. Even if it's he even if he's adamant that he's innocent, all he has to do is apologize for even being involved in the situation in the first place. And that's where I stand on that. Final thoughts, guys. Final thoughts. This was a great season. And I'm hoping that, you know, once the once they once Dave Roberts returns the the regulars to the starting lineup, whenever that may be, that this team starts to to gel again. You know, we don't we don't need a, a torrid run like they had in August, but we need something that shows us that they're sharp and that they're focused and ready for October, because the, the last thing you really want is for a team to kind of limp in there um, and and not be kind of on some sort of consistent basis going into the playoffs. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm also looking forward to seeing kind of how this rotation shapes out, because I don't think that there are all these locks at this point. I mean, certainly there are locks in terms of who will see pitch for us, but in what order we still don't know. Um, Lance Lynn needs to put at least one or two more good starts in a row for me to feel confident in him. So that's something I'm looking out for. And then we'll see what happens with the, with, with this bullpen. I mean, I'd like to see Joe Kelly come out there and kind of sharpen his, uh, his tools and, 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 you know, if he can be a serviceable reliever down the line. So there's a couple of things that I'm looking, uh, looking at, looking forward to. Um, I, I, I think Rosario is a lock over, over Colton Wong, but, I, I, I've loved what I've seen so far from Colton Wong, I have to say. So those are my final thoughts. Very nice. Very nice. So the guys I'm looking for really the last couple of weeks are obviously everybody, all the regulars to just stay healthy. But in terms of the bullpen, Alex Vesia and Joe Kelly, I think both of them need to prove themselves that they deserve a spot on the playoff roster. I think Kelly is at a huge advantage given that they traded for him. He's been there. He's won with the Dodgers. They expect him to do that, but I still think he has a lot to prove after, after being hurt and and not healthy. So I think those two guys I'm really looking for in the next two weeks. And also Ryan Pepio. I want to see him continue his success. Nothing crazy. I'm not asking for an insane start, but just something consistent, six innings, couple runs, Prove that you are solidified in the playoff rotation. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, the offense, I'm not too worried about. They're either going to hit or they're not in the playoffs, and that's going to determine if they're going to win or not. Uh, but for these 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 uh, back end pitchers and you know kind of fringe rotation guys, I think have a lot to prove, uh, and obviously are going to be huge factors in the in the playoffs, one way or another. For me. It's just the Dodgers beatdown of the Seattle Mariners. They didn't even have to really try this series. And yet they went out there and kicked their ass. I mean, the Mariners are fighting for a wild card spot. They lost three in a row. So have the Texas Rangers. So those were ample opportunities for the Mariners to gain some ground and get a wild card spot as they remain one game out as I speak. But Bobby Miller really sh- stood out to me. He was still able to go five and two thirds innings, only gave up three runs. That's what I need to see in the playoffs. Three runs or less. That's a quality start in my book. So that's good against potential playoff competition. And then you got the Dodgers who faced two of the top three Mariners starters with safe space, George Kirby, who was a little crybaby that I ripped to shreds a few days ago. He got murdered. Miguel Rojas took him deep for a two run home run. And then Max Muncy, he ended up setting a new career high. 
He's got 100 RBIs and counting right now. So that's a career high. First time Max Muncy's ever driven in 100 Dodgers. And then today, I mean, the Dodgers threw out their, I'm not, these are the guys that I'm not as drunk lineup because I didn't party as hard. You know, the, the B squad punted a punt essentially, and they destroyed Logan Gilbert, who was 8-0 in the second half. They absolutely demolished him. So I was impressed with the Dodgers, and I want to just see this continue for the next couple weeks. Even though things are wrapped up, they're probably the two seed. They're not playing for anything. Just continue to play as if you need to win these games so that they have a little bit of momentum in October because they are going to be forced to sit some games with the National League wildcard, which I'm still trying to figure out if there's an advantage to that rest or not. And yeah, on that note, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast presented by Fansided. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the Incline Dodgers podcast. Follow us on social media. All that is in the descriptions below. And please, I beg of thee, give us a five-star rating to help us boost the ladder and climb in the charts. So on that note, thank you guys so much. Hope you have a great week. Your Dodgers, National League West champions once again. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.